Hey, what is going on? Charming here for Indie Economics. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a meditation on economic epistemology. As always, thank you for listening and thank you for hanging out here at Indie Economics. Alright guys, if you like this song, it's called Lifetime by Surfing, uh, <laughs> a little personality here. This is one of my favorite Vaporwave songs, so it's really worth checking this out guys if you're into this. Uh, I'm gonna repeat the name, it's called Lifetime and the artist is Surfing. You can find this in Spotify and YouTube, it's a pretty popular vaporwave song uh, it really worth your time if you're digging the kind of music that I'm putting here at Indie Economics anyways um, before we start with this episode I have some announcements I want to make uh, the first announcement it's that uh, I'm gonna be for the next couple of weeks guys um, I'm gonna be deleting a few episodes but uh, the good news is that I'm not gonna be deleting them for good i'm just deleting because i exceeded my space in my podcast uh website host and in order to get more space i need to pay a annual fee which is something that i'm kind of broke to pay now guys because uh next year i'm going to grad school i'm doing a master's in economics so um, I'm buying a lot of books that I'll, I'll be required to have during my graduate program. I don't really have a way to get out of this. And they are very expensive books. And I just and I just invested most of my money, my free money that I have on this, you know, the available money I had. And also bought a new computer. So <laughs> I can tell you that I'm, I'm a little bit broke this month for, you know... Um, surprise expenses expenses and uh it's not like my budget is limited it's just that i i need to pay for other stuff as well so in the meantime i'm going to be substituting episodes every week so i don't exceed my space and i can continue to shoot more episodes here for indie economics and we can keep on track with this um the, the other announcement that i have to do it's that um you guys notice that I put a lot of Vaporwave songs here, right? I'm a big fan of music, especially Vaporwave. And I'm coming up with an idea of recording an episode about the economics of Vaporwave. So uh, rest assured that I'm doing a lot of research. I'm coming up with a lot of ideas. It's just a matter of time. As soon as I, I get this all fixed up, I don't really know how to do that right now. Uh, a lot of things are popping up in my head, but as soon as I have an idea on how to do this episode, I'll be shooting an episode of the Economics of Vaporwave, and you guys are going to dig, and I'm really excited about this, I just don't really know how to do it, there's so many ideas, <laughs> and I just want to make the best possible uh, episode of Vaporwave that I can, 
But anyways, uh, announcement said, let's move out to today's topic. It's called a meditation on economic epistemology. So what I'm talking about in this episode today, guys, it's more uh, directed to uh, people that study economics and all the other branches, like finance, business, and accounting, and also for people that are already in the field working uh, professionals, as I said, like economists, financiers, uh, business people, managers, because today's episode is going to be a little bit more technical. So if you're a total beginner, uh, some of the themes here discussed today, it can be a little bit abstract and they require some um, knowledge, some academic knowledge. So you can follow up some of my some of my insights, some of my thoughts. And as always, in India economics, I don't really try to defend any points or criticize things passionately. It's more like always promoting critical thinking on the field so we can use these tools to create uh, a better science, to create a better uh, environment for economics for everybody. Okay, uh, why I decided to talk about this, it's because um, probably if you guys study economics, especially economics, real economics, uh, you've noticed that the field is very, 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 very technical. In a sense that most of the theories, they're math-based theories that said that many of the things that are supposed to be very intuitive uh, most of the authors, they put um, some formulas to explain what's going on in micro and macroeconomics. And sometimes you need to study the formula to understand what is he trying to say. And we're going to be discussing a little bit about that. Because one of the points that I've kind of not struggled, but I've always like, you know, questioned through my journey of studying economics especially in the field of microeconomics, um, especially when you, you study consumer behavior. In consumer behavior, there's a lot of algebra, a lot of functions, a lot of calculus to describe sometimes human behavior. And when starting out, this was a frustration I had before, when you're starting out, it, it seems really, really abstract and when you cram a little bit, when you study, you go over that and you, you know, put your neurons to work, you start seeing that, whoa, this is just human behavior. I had uh, a little bit of difficulty in the beginning of getting some parts of uh, consumer, consumer preferences and utility functions because they were really like algebra based to explain pretty obvious human behavior stuff and how consumers react to price changes and how consumers react to other um, external factors like a tax increase and things just like that and they go over like functions and curves so today this is exactly what I'm trying to to address here because the thing is that does economics need all of this um, this math representation, this math modeling to explain intuitive notions? Well, 
This is a point that actually it's been very discussed in the science for a good couple of a good couple of um of years right now, I would say decades even, if math really that amount of math it's really necessary for the field of economics. Well, this is just like uh, p- people have various opinions. In my point of view, uh, people, uh, what they're saying, I go more t- to the side that yes, math-based modeling and economics, it's very necessary. I'm not against it because in other way, it gets just too subjective and you don't really have a, a concrete way of representing that, especially if you're using that model for a report. So I see the math modeling base in economics as more like a like a concrete example of what you're trying to what you're trying to represent there with that paper, with that example that you're using. So it gives you a more physical touch of what, what's really going on because different from like other social sciences that most of the things are just apart from observation and intuition and you know personal conclusions in economics you have to use all that but then you have to plug in some kind of uh, mathematical model to explain what is going on there in my opinion this is what it gets closer to reality Although it's not natural, you have to get this straight, this is not natural. Um, it's more like a getting closer to to concrete opinions. So uh, in the end, it's all about, you know, defending an argument as much as you can. And honestly, I don't understand how other social sciences don't use that kind of modeling like economics do. I know that psychology uses, but not as much as we do like in the formula base especially when it comes to, for behavior i don't really know if sociology does i don't think it does or anthropology but i i see a sense that with economics using this more this more math based thing it gives more it gives a better epistemological sense to the science because when you're trying to prove something prove a theorem say here here's the model that's how we got through it, and this is how it's going to be for this certain uh, example. Although, this is also a critique because what I'm sensing from studying economics for a couple of years and going for a career as a, an economist, that the science right now, it's becoming much more uh, like a engineering kind of science than a social science like it used to be right in the past like way way back like i'm not even saying 20th century saying like 1980th century because like the old school economists like you know adam smith david ricardo all these guys they they use most of their the words was just like with general observation the kind of math they used was pretty it was pretty simple stuff like uh accounting reports from like from trading organizations and taxing organizations central banks it was like pretty general stuff uh you you don't get like the wealth of nations 
and you open there, it's like a bunch of formulas, like many of like the big economist books who have nowadays. It was pretty much, you could see that he was just observing and talking to people and coming up with uh, philosophical uh, insights and discussions to explain those phenomena that were happening. And I've seen that like some economists try to do uh, this kind of approach in more modern times. And um, in the 20th century, no Hayek, uh, it was very criticized in the field because he tried to be more intuitive. He tried to be more um, with a philosophical base and gathering uh, knowledge from different so uh, social sciences. And he was very criticized in the, in the academy because it was more like, they were saying like, what he's doing, it's journalism, you know, he's just like, he's just going around talking to people, observing and, you know, just like copying and pasting, plotting data. He's not doing the, the hard work math part, you know, and coming up with uh, statistical analysis and this kind of stuff. So, yeah, this is true, guys. Like, there's a, there's a big, I don't know, uh, narrow mind in the field of going through this more intuitive approach for the science. And sometimes I believe that that can backfire in economics. Because in the end, okay, uh, in, in the end, I, I agree. Yes, we need to have ma those math-based models. And I'm not against the kind of math that we use in economics. I think the approach on calculus, the approach on statistics and econometrics, the approach on algebra, they're really, really accurate and they should continue to go on. But what I'm sensing for next generation economists and, um, you know, technicians, uh, policymakers is that they're, they're clinging too much, clinging too much into these quantitative background and forgetting that in the main topic, economics deals with people, not just with numbers. So that's the beauty of economics. This is what uh, it fascinated me with economics because it was this mix. I, I sense a pretty good balance between quantitative and qualitative uh, analysis in the science because in the past, I've studied other social science. I, I majored in psychology in the past and I got deeply frustrated with psychology because um, the way that it's taught, at least in my country, is not very scientific with the kind of methods that I believe that a science should be. And with economics, I sense this because it was everything based on the, the core uh, foundations of science. You know, it's hypothesis, observation, empirical data, and so on and so forth. You know, all the steps on <laughs> scientific philosophy and economics has this although it's not we all know that it's not a natural science because we we don't deal with like experimental data it's all you know things happen in society we just have to like kind of grasp with some kind of statistical model to analyze what's going on in the economy is it is it like unemployment inflation you know uh high taxes whatever um but this is what I'm trying to defend here. I'm saying the math-based philosophy in economics, for me, 
it's very correct, it's very concrete, it should continue to, to stay like this. I don't think we should cut off. I don't, I don't really buy into this that economics should just be, you know, something more like uh, anthropology, that we should just like observe people and go around and just interview them and, you know, like live around them. I think that's not really effective for the kind of work that we seek with economics. Uh, because in the end, it has to be an objective field, like we're here to solve problems. So <laughs> the logical, uh, sometimes even materialistical approach to economics, it's the only way to solve some of these problems, and they need to be really well balanced within intuition and reality. Um, when we study microeconomics, uh, one of the most famous you know, subdivisions of micro, it's uh, game theory. And particularly, I think that game theory, it's an amazing field. Although I gotta admit that it's not my best, my best field. Um, it, I, I find it kind of, kind of challenging and, um, and sometimes very complicated, but I think it's fascinating. Game theory, uh, no wonder it's uh, John Ash, he got a uh, Nobel Prize, right? Uh, the guy was amazing, he was like a genius. Um, but sometimes I feel that in game theory, especially in the academy, I, I feel many game theorists, economists that specialize in this area, they, they get too much crushed inside the game three models with their very complex calculations. And when you look at their papers, you think like, whoa, this is really interesting. This is like, this is some hardworking math, some, you know, complex number shuffling and some interesting patterns. But in the end, uh, most of those, those models are theoretical and they're not really applied to reality. I'm not saying that game theory I'm not saying that game theory, it's not applied to reality. This is not what I'm trying to say here. I'm saying that some examples that they use in the academy, they're good for practicing, they're good for sampling examples, but most of them, they're not really focused on the problems that are happening in society right here, right now. And I believe game theory, it's a subfield in micro that it should be more concrete with the kinds of problems that we deal in society, especially when it comes to human behavior. I can really sense uh, behavior economics using more game theory to, to hold stronger arguments to the kind of stuff that they're, they're coming up with. And we see that BE, it's becoming a, a fast-growing field in economics. And I actually see, I don't really, I don't really buy into the thing that uh, we should like eliminate some older fields to put in to like newer fields. Uh, also like, I think we can always innovate, you know, all those like prior theories. And I think successfully we have been doing this in micro and macro. Um, you know that if you get, for example, like old school microeconomics book and you, you read Halvarian's book nowadays, or if you get like a Paul Samuelson's book, 
and you compare to uh, Gregor Mankiw's macro book, you see the difference. You see that it's more applied to the to what's going on nowadays. And I feel that the models nowadays are much more intuitive than they were like uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to say. It's not about you know eliminating those things that were used in the past, but using some of those examples to to bring innovation to the field and create a stronger basis, create a stronger science so it can try to solve some of today's problems. Although I think that we need to have we need to have new models too and new fields in economics. Um, this is also a plan that I have. It's shooting a future episode talking about areas that economics should focus more because the way society is coming up for the future, it's a little bit more different than um, it was in the last century. Things are changing very fast. So we, we economists, we're in our toes uh, as any other professional in the market to you know cope up with that line of changes that is happening right now. Uh, okay, the last thing I wanna say here is that in the future generations of this field, I believe the future future courses in economics they're going to be even more math based than there you, there are nowadays because especially with the rise of technology and the rise of like different computer programmings and machine learning uh I see that economists future economists they will have to not just have this math based um uh, you know algebra calculus statistics econometrics notions, but they're also going to have to have some kind of computer programming, machine learning, knowledge, knowledge skills. So <laughs> they're going to become more like engineers and probably lesser than social scientists, which is a, which is a paradox, but I don't have time to cover this here in this episode. Per Perhaps in the, in the future we, so we should like a second part or a part just, you know, dedicated for this. But this is, this is it. This is the, my, my meditations for economic epistemology. Uh, I hope you guys like it. It was a bit technical. Actually, there's a lot of stuff that you can say about this. And some of these discussions are being really, really hard and going on intensely in the field i can see that a lot i don't know if it's because i'm really active on this but i'm seeing like a lot of you know like um copernicus <laughs> economists trying to bring innovation to the field and there's some resistance from like old school guys but in the end it's just like we're all seeking just improvement you know so it's it's a value it's valuable you know to have these kind of discussions and if you're in the field I don't think you should run away from this you should really embrace and try to come up with uh, innovations and deeper insights so we can make this a better science all right guys I want to thank you if you listened to this now it was a pleasure this episode was a little bit longer than usual but it was a topic that I was really, really wanted to talk about, even though um, 25 minutes around what this episode is, I can really talk about all the things I wanted to say. And honestly, is the kind of stuff, is the kind of conversation you can have with a friend for hours. 
and it's kind of hard to summarize here in just like you know a couple of minutes but it was fun I think uh, this is all about indie economics it's about you know opening up new horizons for enthusiasts and technicians in the field and as always uh, if you're liking this uh, subscribe and rate this and uh, as I said I'm gonna be trying my best still to like come up with more episodes and <laughs> assume that I have some really cool topics and cool insights be sure that I'll be shooting them over here at Indie Economics and also guys check my blog it's called singcharmingeconomics.blogspot.com.br for Brazil br and follow me on Instagram at singcharming under slash econ I'm gonna put the links on the show notes okay so if you guys want to check that out and help me out with this project and if you listen to my mission statement, as I said, St. Charming and Indie Economics uh, content, it's all free. I'm here with this mission to promote economics in an alternative, fun way, and in an innova- innovative way so the science can keep growing, not just in the boundaries of economists, but of uh, people around so we can use this knowledge to build a better world. Okay, guys, thanks so much. I hope you guys have like a, a nice week. And and thanks for watching. And let's keep going. All right, see ya.